Hello everyone and welcome to episode 34 of the Switch Brew Podcast. I'm your host Nathan today and joining me is Jake, my co-host. Hi, I nearly didn't make it. <laughs> we nearly had to cancel this episode. Yeah, two thanks, uh, B word, my dude. Oh, awful. To say the least. Yeah. Yeah, um... Yeah, it's as as you can you, tell. You've been going through some stuff. Yeah, yeah, my uh my weekend has not been fun, but uh yeah, as you can tell, Alex isn't here, so it's another hijack. Woo! Yeah, let's go. <laughs> and uh, thought we go. How was your birthday? Oh, hi. Yeah, it was my birthday yesterday, and I spent it in bed with a toothache. Yeah, fun. <laughs> <laughs> of oh all things. yeah like of all yeah. days to get it as of, well yeah of all days it was so bad yeah like it was uh it was dreadful it was dreadful i got it like the two thing actually like started like the night before after i finished streaming but like it it lasted a total of 32 hours it only kind of finished this morning so yeah, yeah it's, but... it's not good yeah, yeah, it was so bad. I had to. Yeah, I had to cancel the birthday stream last night. That was not fun. And your people uh, yeah, and your Spyro stream. Yeah, my yearly Spyro stream. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I had to go out to the pharmacy get this thing called Oral Ease. It's basically like a, uh, you know, just like a numbing agent for your teeth. Like you stick it on there for a minute and you're good. <laughs> like the second I got that, like all the pain was gone. It's like, oh my god, I can finally sleep. And I slept for 12 hours. So that's my so, birthday. <laughs> oral ease if you have tooth pain. Yeah. <laughs> Grab that. Oh, boy. Well, let's dive into it. Um, I'll actually start off because I wasn't here last week because I had stuff to do with family. And then when I finished with it, I was already out, like, where I had to go in the afternoon after I normally do recording. So I was like... Well, I'm not going to make it back in time to mm. do anything, so I may as well just stay there and save petrol, because petrol is redonks. Yeah, it's stupid. Expensive these days. Yeah, so I also completely forgot that we were meant to record, honestly. I was like, <laughs> I thought it was next week. Whoops. Oh, oh well, it, like, I, again, I wouldn't have been able to do it anyway with yeah. what happened. Yeah. Life just gets in the way, man. Oh yeah, it does. Uh, and we have an obligatory podcast disruption post from Alex. No, <laughs> continuing on from you last time. Hey, he did it beforehand as well, didn't he? He was the first one to do it. Did he? Oh, that must have been like ages ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was like, I think like two hijack episodes ago. Yeah. So, from memory, because he was like, oh, hey, something like this, it's Alex. Yeah, it's like, that hey, was a while ago. yeah, remember to talk about this. It's like, yes, Alex, we'll talk about it. Yep. Uh, so, to start off, we'll go for uh, Nintendo Facts. And I thought I'd go for a little bit of a spin-off on this. Uh, I want to take a little bit of a dive into Koji Kondo. Just a little, just a little dip your toes in. Uh, just, so just if you don't bit. know, Koji Kondo is a music uh, was it composer. Music composer uh, for Nintendo. Basically majority of their themes he basically anything if you can think of a nintendo theme think it's basically from him yeah yeah he 
define their music. Uh, so, in yeah. his senior year, Nintendo sent his university a message recruiting for a music composition and sound programming, and he that's how he got the job without even any demo tapes. Yeah. So, like, he was looking at the, the school job placement board and went, oh, okay, let's go, apply for this, and then that's how he got the job. Then he ends up making, like, all of the most well-known video game themes of all time. And his first, um, like, game at Nintendo was Punch-Out! that he worked on. Oh, really? Yeah. And, you know, that is a really good theme. Hmm. But like, he's gone through a lot of um, games in general. I think, so, yeah, Punch-Out! was his first. And then his latest one, I think, is Super Mario uh mario party superstars oh he's still going yeah but i think that's more so because he did mario party initially oh yeah that makes sense but then he's also done super mario maker 2 right right right, yeah two and a half years ago at this point god time just flies man yeah (laughs) it's just impressive like his you just look through his catalog he did all the Super Mario Bros. by himself. All is let the original Legend of Zelda by himself. And then Yoshi Island, Super Mario 64 by himself. Star Fox with uh, another person. Ocarina of Time by himself. Sheesh, dude. Yeah. And so Ocarina of Time was the last time he composed by himself. A lot of them is just... He's doing a lot with like mixed up other people or just doing just arrangements or it's like one song. Bro, leave some talent for other people. I Damn. know. <laughs> and he still does a lot of stuff in Smash Bros as well. Yeah, yeah. But damn, this guy is very impressive with his stuff. What else is there? Supporting, yeah, so he's done supporting roles as well with a lot of stuff. Like the Paper Mario Origami King, he was a supporting role in. Which that game actually has some really good music oh, yes, in it, it does. yeah. Uh, a lot of them actually. The uh, basically any Mario game he has a supporting role in, mm. and Star Fox. Looking at this is basically Mario Star Fox. That is it. <laughs> Look, just you can think of a Mario Star Fox game. He's had a hand in that music. Yeah. Anyone, um, he got nominated in British Game, British Award, British Academy Game Awards hmm. for Best Original Music for Super Mario Galaxy 2 and 3D World. Didn't win them though. Shame. Those were really good like soundtracks. Oh, the Galaxy games have fantastic soundtracks. Oh, yes. Some like impeccable soundtracks. We, we got to stop talking about this because we'll get to the that yes, later we will, we will. <laughs> um so for the last month i have had almost no time to play games because i had uh, a wedding which i think i've spoken about or was in the process of getting to it beforehand yeah it was you, the week before was yeah last. you had like two weddings or something didn't you i had i had my cousin's wedding early march but i had the buck two bucks nights for him Right, and then I had right. the one wedding for it. So I had two bucks night for um, where I was the best man of the wedding. But I had a lot of wedding stuff to do with it because I was the best man. Yeah, yeah. You've been so, stupid busy. Yes. Plus <laughs> stupid busy with work where I'm doing an average of 180 parcels a day. Because fun. Yeah. 
And that's with handing parcels off yeah. to other people to help. But I have played a Rogue Book. So I don't know if you heard about this game. I have not. What is Rogue Book? Okay, so Rogue Book is Slay the Spire, basically. Uh, Slay the Spire, like, okay, got it. But um, it's developed in pro, like, in, what's the word I'm thinking of? Tandem with uh, one of the developers behind Magic the Gathering. Oh, I did see this. Yeah, I was... Yes. I thought I... Mm, did I, like, show this to you? Or I must have thought I about it Alex and forgot. I Alex showed this to me. Yeah, because I, I saw the Magic the Gathering thing. I'm like, oh, this would be right up your alley. Yeah, it's genuinely really good. Um, So it's done by the team behind Feyre. Feyre. And it's set in the world of Feyre, but it's like a book inside the world. Right. But it's really interesting. Like, it, there's a lot more strategy behind, like, so the heroes are way more defined, I think, than, um, because you get two heroes, so, like, you're mixing your classes. Mm. And I feel they're a bit more defined than Slay the Spire a bit. Yeah. And there's a lot more, they work in tandem because you've got the two. So, example of um, one of them. So, if you go on the actual title screen on stream, there's like a wolf guy with like a fiery hand. Yeah, he's kind. He's got a. He's basically a barbarian which um, has a rage mechanic. So, as you take, I think twenty five damage, you then now have an upgraded card, which based which will do say, I think it's like one point five or like two times the equivalent of what right, it used to right. do. Does so more, instead of doing more, six yeah, damage, it, it's now doing ten damage kind of thing. You do more damage the less health you have. Got it. Yeah, or, or, or but he also has a secondary effect in this. So he has like just more rage stuff, but then he also has ally support, which allies then do auto attacks. Right. Okay. And so one of them is you can buff an ally's attack. So one with normally it'd be like oh buff it by plus five but with the rage it'd be like plus 15 so you know you end your turn and then your ally does an extra 15 damage a on top of what you'd normally do barbarian huh interesting and i did a run with uh the toad looking guy who's the like basically the tank and he has an ally that any buffs that the ally has is times by five Oh, okay. Yeah, that sounds OP. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that sounds broken. And then you can also get gems, which you can infuse into them, which will be so, like you know, give this ally plus two attack. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Or okay. there'd be like you know, you play this card, gain three armor. But so like there is a lot of complex strategy to it. I need to check this out because like I've seen a lot of games that have like been in the style of slay the spire but they've just not they've been yeah air? yeah they've always been air they haven't really gotten that kind of same feel or scratch the same itch that uh slay the spire does but this sounds this sounds like it might be it yeah this is really like this is really solid like i i'm on the line of high seven low eight because there are a few more... This is more, for me, OCD issues with the way the map works. Right, right. Because, yeah, it's so, like a hexagon map. Yeah. Um, 
and everything's covered apart from like your direct line to get to the next work next uh stage mm. and then you use ink bursts or ink like uh lines to uncover more of the book quote unquote but the frustrating part is i can't uncover the whole book because there's not enough ink to do it i'm like uh, i want that's... to see the mm. whole thing yeah yeah it's just it's like i just want to see more but like they there are ways to go like oh you can use this i think as you go for everyone you can oh this reveals all coin spaces so like that covers off things on the maps or there's you can get things like oh reveal more towers or reveal more like things on thing as you come along so the blank spots will have a random revealed thing in the middle so mm. it's like it's very interesting and it gets more um but it's it's roguelike so you unlock more things to go as you like make progress yeah, so yeah. it's not just like how so that's why you unlock more cards as you level up so it has that as well but it also has that roguelite element right right so it's it's definitely worth looking into especially if you do enjoy slay the spire yeah yeah i am totally adding that to my wish list right now <laughs> worth it and on the, i had no issues with on the switch so it is actually works well on the switch as well oh geez 50 bucks on steam yeah <laughs> wow okay yeah, it is an expensive one Ugh. like it, it's by by the looks and sounds of it it's worth it but still, oh yes yeah. uh, maybe wait for it to go on sale honestly yeah yeah that's like why. 50 bucks yeah. i wouldn't call it but because it, it has the um i like to call it the hades roguelite aspect where you can finish your first run and then it unlocks, oh, hey, now you have challenges that you can add on, which, you know, make it more difficult Yeah, you get more yeah. rewards. Because that's basically how you progress in Hades. Uh, other than that, I have played some more Chrono Cross, Radical Dreamer Edition. So how is that? Has it gotten any better? I haven't come across many issues with it personally. I think it's more on the PS4 version where you'd notice it. Right. But, like, it's I'm having fun with it. it like, it is Chrono Cross. It, it is your favourite game. Yeah. Yeah. I Honestly, it's, it's still pretty good. And it is, if you've never played it, it's worth getting this one. Like, I know it's not as there is the stability issues but things are a bit more cleaner like with the art style as well like they try to keep it to like um the playstation one style but when you try and emulate that without a crt it it does not look as good yeah yeah all that stuff was designed for a crt yeah and it's actually kind of like I've seen um, comparison images where you run the image through a CRT and it just looks so much cleaner. Yeah, like even with um, yeah, even with games that have like the ability to emulate like a CRT screen, it's still not perfect. No, it's not. It's actually kind of crazy how much like these developers, quote unquote, downgraded their art to make it look better on a CRT. Yeah. It's an interesting trick that they, yeah, it that is. they do. 
I like because I saw it when someone was like you know comparing like the how CRTs actually do a thing before emulation. It's like there actually is quite significant on how it works because it makes things look a lot more crisp mm. than you know blurry, which you will see when you emulate stuff from the PS One era. But other than that, like honestly, it's it's Chrono Cross. I need to actually dive properly into the Radical Dreamers side of it. That's your visual novel. Oh right, more, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is what ties Chrono Trigger to Chrono Cross a lot more. Mm. But other than that, I'm, it's pretty good. I'd say maybe wait a little bit for it to go on special because with those issues, mm, probably not worth getting that full price. But yeah, yeah. If you have any interest in RPGs, of especially if you uh, either too young or you miss this because you're an Australian mm-hmm. uh, definitely look into it because it's sh- like Chrono Trigger is hailed as one of the great like one of the defining RPGs as well yeah yeah this got a lot of hate because it wasn't it wasn't one to one Chrono Trigger yeah yeah it was completely different characters, but it is its own like wheelhouse. Like it's its own. It's its own thing. Yeah, it's and it's really good, and it still ties back into Chrono Trigger. Hmm. But other than that, uh, that was me for the last month because again, work. Yeah, fun isn't work. What about yourself? Best. Well, for me, seeing as you know, birthday and all that, uh. I decided to get myself a present. Well, the main reason why I wanted to get myself a present wasn't that. It was more of like, uh, I, I happen to get paid by, you know, my usual pay, uh, Twitch, and, you know, just family members gifting me money for my birthday in, like, the span of, like, three days. So I just got, like, a massive increase to my uh, income. So I'm like, I deserve to get myself an Xbox. <laughs> oh so yeah like after so after hearing you and alex talk about the xbox and the game pass for so long i'm like all right fine i'll get one jeez (laughs) so i know what you've gotten but what xbox did you get i got a series s which the x's are still selling out yeah that's why i got the s because i couldn't find the x at all yeah yeah but uh, yeah, I got myself a Series S because you know I, the majority of the games that I get this uh, these days are completely digital. That's I, what I was also about to say. You almost yeah, just genuinely play like, the last digital. physical game I actually brought was Kingdom Hearts two point eight because that game at the time, due to Disney uh, Disney's licensing, wasn't allowed to be sold on digital stores. That was the last physical game I've got. <laughs> <laughs> it's just yeah the, the disney like the disney thing is frustrating because like, it really is i'm so glad that there are people out there that like that are actually trying to stop disney from controlling copyright laws have you seen that like oh uh, no i haven't actually yeah there's like there's a whole bunch of you know people in america like going for higher positions in parliament and shit but uh, anyway. it, it is really bad, how, like because they've changed copyright law. I think so many times recently. Because I think when Mickey Mouse first was released, it was meant to go in the public domain like twenty five years after it was created. 
Yeah, and now yeah, it's, they keep bumping it up. Now it's to like a hundred and something years. It's the creator's lifespan plus a hundred years. Yeah, yeah, they've. Uh, yeah, these new people are trying to cut that down to fifty-six years maximum. Yes, and which is what should be, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Xbox. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, get, getting this Xbox, uh, like immediately after, like I actually purchased it because I got it on Amazon, so I had to wait for it to come here. Immediately after I purchased it, I realized, oh no, I don't have enough room for this. This and is you bad. put yourself out of commission. <laughs> yeah. So the room that I stream in and the room that I, you know, record these uh, podcasts in is so small that like... Because it's also your bedroom. Yeah, because it's also my bedroom. So it's like the majority of the space is my goddamn bed. Um, but yeah, like it's so small. I had to take everything out minus the bed just to plug it in. And hook it up to, like, you know, my TV, my capture card, my PC, like, and all that stuff. But, like, the only reason why I had to do that is because the PS5 is so big. The PS5 it is really so... Is. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, it is so weird. It's like, the PS5 is massive. But, like, when I opened up the Series S, I'm like, this thing is barely larger than my hand. And I have tiny baby hands. It's like this thing yeah, is the, so the S small. Is actually, really small because it's just basically the hardware. Yeah, it's just the hardware. No disc drive, no nothing. Like the PS5 is legit, like three, maybe four times larger than an and Xbox. And didn't you Series also S. get the digital only PS5? I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> so, which so, I feel yeah, like, like they literally just kept it the same size as the uh, yeah. PS5 to keep it keep looks up basically yeah it's so weird it is so weird but yeah yeah i i had to take everything out of this room and rehook everything up and put things back and yeah because because of that like my whole room is just a complete mess like my mini bar fridge is now on the other side of the room and that is being used for uh it's being used <laughs> as a separate oh hello dog's broken out <laughs> it's I, even, being, I heard that yeah it's being used as a separate stand for my ps5 plus my second monitor and because of how small everything is there's just cords everywhere there is no way for me to actually organize these cords at all because they're like all over the place plus you know the capture cards just get in the way being hooked up to multiple consoles at once so, this is just a mess it is an absolute <laughs> mess and that's not good. Yeah. I booted up the Xbox. My first thought was like, wow, the Xbox controller is actually really light and flimsy feeling. And then you turned it around. I, and... I turned it around. It's like, excuse me, Microsoft, why do I still have to use AA batteries for this? No other company does, like Nintendo doesn't do it. Sony doesn't do it. Why? I, it's honestly the most frustrating part about it. I am so glad that, like, the bundle that I brought, like, came with rechargeable batteries and a, like, charging stand for the thing, because if not, I would have been so mad. <laughs> I would have been it's so mad. honestly the most frustrating thing about it. Yeah, yeah, but... You know but what you else? You shouldn't need to buy... 
yeah, a yeah. separate rechargeable battery thing for your controller. You know what else is frustrating? The charging stand that I have can only be used when the uh, Series S is standard on its side, so it's like standing straight up, and it splits outwards. Mm. Because of that, that is why I can't have my PS5 on the same little areas all my other consoles because that on top. Is the, yeah i was gonna have the xbox on its side and the playstation 5 on top of it oh so that was annoying i boot up the xbox and boy is the ui garbage it's <laughs> it's not the neatest it took me days to figure out where everything is and even then i still have trouble navigating everything it, is it really so bad. isn't the neatest. It is possibly the worst UI I have ever experienced. Like, and it, no and joke. And it has ads. And it has ads! <laughs> like, the ads are bigger than the games you have installed on the mm-hmm. damn thing. <laughs> it's so frustrating to deal with. So after all that, I get myself the Game Pass, I look at the games, and I'm like... Wow, there is nothing on here. Problem is you own most of those games on PC. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that is a problem. That is a massive problem. It's like the majority of the games that are on there I've either already played and finished or I own on PC. But for like everything else, it's nothing on there. That sucks. But as it turns out, if because of the UI problems the Xbox has, if I go and look uh yeah, if I go and sort the uh, Game Pass games by all games, it doesn't, it do- show, you all games. It doesn't show you all the games. Uh, it is not. It is Why? trying to find a game on the Game Pass. Oh, it was it was the worst. So like after it's like check it every you know week, see what's coming yeah, up, and you go okay, yeah. I'll put this on my you know ready to come out game. Like, like that's how I found um, Pirate Warriors Four and. Um, I can't remember the name of the game. Lethal League, Blaze. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, All I, I had to is, uh, funky fresh beats. Yeah, so I had to you know go through every sub genre thing that they have in their list, and then manually find things. And yeah, I did find. I did eventually find some games I wanted to play. Yeah. Uh so yeah, I've been playing a bunch of stuff, but like honestly kind of disappointed with the uh the backwards compatibility when it comes to the game pass because it's really not that much no there isn't no and like just going yeah sifting through everything on the game pass i'm like man i can't wait for sony's one i can't yeah, wait for sony's that'd be one because to see how that goes because yeah straight like right off the bat they they uh they've said it's like oh yeah if you have like the highest tier of our things we have a library of over 700 games like going back all the way back from PS1, PS2, PSP, all this stuff, and I'm looking at the Game Pass and it barely has a hundred games on it. It's it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a challenge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, after all that, like I played some games, like mainly Blinks the Time Sweeper, because I remember that was the first game I got in the original Xbox. And I played that for five minutes. I'm like, I can see why no one remembers this game. And I stopped playing it. (laughs) (laughs) For a game all about, like, a platform game all about controlling time, it is really slow. (laughs) So slow. 
But yeah, the main thing that I've been playing on my Series S, though, is, of course, Halo Infinite. Now that this uh, second season has started, <laughs> yay, it should have happened three months ago, but... The fact you know, that it runs better on the Xbox. I, I don't know what it is. I have a PC made specifically for streaming massive, graphically intensive games. It plays worse on my PC than it does on the Series S. It like, wasn't it unplayable me. once you hit that open world part on your PC? Yeah, it was completely unplayable. They, to, to be fair, that was, like, fixed with a patch, like, a day or two afterwards. But so, still, that was fine. It, it was fine after that, but, yeah, it was really bad. So, yeah, I've been playing that now that the uh, second season of the multiplayer is up been uh messing around with the new mode which is oh, i've forgotten what it's called uh last spartan standing it's like eh, it's okay it's fine but um yeah this season kind of broke everything the halo infinite just can't catch a break yeah this nothing works yeah that's not good so the mess is uh the main thing like that yeah, like, the, the first issue that you will find is, like, uh, the majority of the uh, stuff that you have to do with your weekly cha uh, challenges are specific to Last Button Standing. Okay, cool. I'll play that. You play it, you lose, because, you know, people are ridiculous at that game mode, and it'll, it'll say, you know, it's perfectly okay to leave the game, you'll still get credited for all your stuff, you don't have to sit here for another 20 minutes and watch people camp. <laughs> so like all right all right cool i'll leave guess what if you leave you don't get credited for all the uh for your challenges of course you don't <laughs> which you know all that does is exemplify how bad the uh the challenge system halo infinite has because like it's like in a week you'll have like i think 30 to 40 challenges but only four of them are active at a time if you want a new one you have to complete a challenge and replace it with another one so yeah so like when i when i booted up the game i had three that were specifically tied to last spartan standing so i'm like well looks like i have to wait <laughs> I, I have to you know play the game die and wait and yeah that has been fun and like the um and like because the majority of the challenges are tied to this game mode all the other game modes are dead so if you have a challenge that's specific to another game course, mode be ready to is. wait 10 minutes yeah be be ready to wait 10 to 15 minutes waiting for a game it's oh it's that's ugh. the problem when you put challenges yeah to like specific things they they really need to like as bad as things were before like they have done a decent job like making it easier to you know do these challenges but they need to make them more generic yeah that that's like you know instead of going oh you know play x amount of games on things but just play x games yeah like they do have that they have like the uh, they have a challenge that's like just hey finish a game and the more you do it in a day the less experience you get it's just a repeatable thing but like other than that yeah like the, the challenges are just so obnoxious just just let us have access to all the challenges at once instead of only four 
please. It would be a lot better. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just waiting for um this little mini event that uh the last uh last Martin Standing is exclusive to to just disappear so I can just play the game normally. Ugh. So frustrating. Yeah, it's also frustrating that like uh this new season is also going to last six months when they said it yeah, wasn't that's... going to. Look, the six month season thing is odd to me. Yeah, yeah. The the reason why it's six months is because like three four three are having a lot of troubles developing things. They they've uh... said in the yeah, they've said in their live streams, like, we hate having to do this. We really do. The higher ups are screwing us. <laughs> of course so, they are. So that sucks. That that really does. It's like we still don't have co-op multiplayer for uh uh for the story mode yet. That's yeah, the beta to that is coming out this season. The beta for Forge mode is coming out later this uh yeah, later in the season. The full thing is coming out in season three, so nearly next year. So it's like oh oh god. Oh, it's a it is a real shame. It is a real shame. It's not good. Anything mm. else you've been playing? Uh, yeah, I, I think people are sick of hearing me talk <laughs> about this, but I'm still playing Final Fantasy XIV. It, it's gotten to the point where, like, I have all of these new games. Like, I have a new console with a whole bunch of new games on it. But all I want to do is play Final Fantasy XIV. <laughs> so you're still going with Dancer? I'm still. I recently unlocked Sage, which is the latest healer uh, the game has. I've never healed in an MMO before, so it's been real tough. So what I'm what I'm doing is I have an alt account, of uh, not an alt account, but like an alt character, alt character. that yeah. is just using. Uh, yeah, that is only. Well, I'm using all the classes, but I'm basically using it as just practice for yeah. healing. So, like, I've kind of gotten used to it. It's a little weird at first, but, like, it's actually kind of fun. Um, so, you being someone who knows Final Fantasy, uh, yes. one thing that each Final Fantasy, well, each class in Final Fantasy fourteen has is they all have a unique weapon tied to each class, except for Summoner and Scholar. They both use a book for some reason. That I would sense. like, yeah, I would like you to guess what the sage's weapon is keep in mind that both white mage and black mage use the staff and the rod uh a holy symbol no i'll give you one more guess i'm just thinking what else could they use because <laughs> the staff and the rod are usually what yeah yeah use. exactly you're never gonna get it well go on what is it drones drones yeah they have four drones that fly around and shoot things they shoot lasers huh <laughs> it is Neat. so weird it is so weird but it's really cool because like, thinking about it i feel like i have heard about this yeah yeah so you have drones that go around and shoot lasers and stuff but like how sage works as a healer is that like the heals it does aren't that strong but the drones actually put up shields ah. on uh, other characters so it's more about you know blocking damage rather than then healing damage healing damage yeah yeah 
It is really interesting. Plus, it also, uh, like, its main healing ability also gives a heal over time whenever you deal damage to something. So it's more of a, like, DPS healer hybrid. That's kind of neat. Yeah, it, it is really fun. It is actually kind of fun to play like as someone who is forever a DPS player. It's a good way to, <laughs> you know... Except for the time where I made yeah. you play a, uh, a healer paladin. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy, I'm really bad. <laughs> I'm really bad at healing, but I, I've gotten better. I have You're making progress. Better. I am making progress, but yes. That that is, you know, my little update to fourteen. <laughs> Did you know that you too can learn how to make games? Skillshare has courses that let you learn game development, even if you've never developed a game before. You can make games at home using free software like Unreal Engine, which was used to make Kingdom Hearts 3, or Unity, which was used to make Overcooked. Skillshare can even be used to help you improve at school and university. So be sure to click the link in the description to receive a one-month free trial to a course that helps you learn faster in less time. Anyway, let's start with the news. I'll let you take the first one because I will have the next two. Alrighty, Because it's more related to me. Yep. So, the Switch has uh Switch in total sales has surpassed the PlayStation 4, now ranking it in the fourth highest selling console. Damn. Yep. Let's see, da, 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 da. lifetime unit sales of Nintendo Switch have now surpassed those of the PlayStation 4, making it the fourth highest unit selling console in US history, the sixth highest unit selling video game hardware platform overall. Uh, in console it trails only by uh it trails only PS2, Xbox 360, and the Wii. Now, um, something I also saw, um, I can't remember what the total rank was. I think it was third, but in um, Japan, it has surpassed the 3DS in total sales. Jeez, the Wii is doing so well. Mm-hmm. It is doing so well. Yeah, this the switch is going well. It'd be interesting to see where they go. So there is some other news that came out from this whole financial report, which we'll I think we'll cover Ooh. next week. No, next record, like next recording. There's like um, you know, the whole like stuff that was said in the actual like the Q and A yeah, stuff. Yeah, but I think like, that's something we include Alex in. Yeah, yeah, that and you know, Alex is just more knowledgeable about that kind yes. of stuff. So, but we're going to be covering the financials at the end of this. Yeah. Uh, but yes, Switch is going really far. It'd be interesting to see how this all goes in the end. Because I think mm, there was word I heard about um, they're developing with NVIDIA for a dev kit. So maybe two, one and a half to three years is when we should be getting the next console. Mm. But moving on. Uh, so... Monster Hunter. So Monster Hunter Rise has surpassed 9 million sales total, which is across the Switch and PC. Monster Hunter Stories 2 has sold 1.5 million. And for the franchise total, 80 million. Yeah, Monster Hunter is, you know, just... Monster Hunter is always just done well, like, in general. Yes. But like now it's starting to explode now that it's back on consoles. God, yep. I am so glad it's back on consoles. The 3DS era was bad. It 
It looked like a PS2 game. It was like, yeah, that's when, well, other than, you know, when World came out, that was when Monster Hunter started to, like, get really big in the West, but still. Yes. Oh, it's bad. I, I'd rather go back to the original Wii version of 3, play it with a Wiimote and Nunchuck like I did, than the 3DS. Didn't they also do 3 Ultimate on the Wii U? They did. I, yeah, because that was that was one of the bundles they did where it came from Pro Controller and uh, Monster Hunter 3U. Mm. And then they had... Um, the other bundle was New Super Mario Bros. plus Luigi one. Yeah. Man, that was uh, back when the Wii U was, <laughs> was still a thing. Uh so that, that that was another thing. The uh, the Switch has outsold like all software sales of the Wii U. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, that's not good. <laughs> uh, it's either outsold or is about to. It's one or the other. I, I remember Alex actually like tweeting about it on the uh, Switchaboo uh, Twitter account. That's that just hurts. That hurts me. Like, completely. <laughs> uh, so, on the 10th of May... Is that what... I'm on the actual link. Uh, yeah, the 10th of May, there was a Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak digital event that happened, which showed off a lot more of the game. So, this is an expansion to Monster Hunter Rise. Basically, it's the master rank with all the extra stuff. So, it's a whole new hub area. Usually another one, maybe two maps. And a whole bunch of new monsters, I'm guessing. Yes, yes. So uh, they've shown off the new flagship monster, which, if you actually go through it, um, it's based off a of vampire. Yeah. I'm like, huh, vampire elder dragon. That sounds terrifying. There is, and they've brought back the um, flagship monster from 4 Ultimate, which is Seregios. Which does, uh, it has like, I think, basically blade scales, which it can like launch and does bleeding damage to you. Right, right. Which, uh... Uh, I think it's the return of bleed damage, because I don't think it was in base game rise. Just doing a quick uh yeah quick read here trying to see if what yeah. uh so i'm on the new monsters, monsters new, bit, new monsters monster variants and monster master hunter ranks so uh what was it there was a summer camp which now does which does ice damage instead right. of the sleep one and a mudron which is lava instead of mud and that is terrifying to me. yeah that sounds terrifying yes Okay, okay, so, uh, yeah, I want to do a quick, like, read of that, because I remember when this came out, uh, Gore Magala was trending yep. on Twitter, so I'm guessing people were mad that it wasn't included. Doesn't mean it won't be included, because it might be in, um, because it is still more stuff coming out post-release. Okay, true, true, but still, like, yes. not with this. Yes, not so far. Also, yeah. um, Master Hank Master Rank comes out, so it actually gives the monsters new attack cycles. 
and allows them. So was it Tigrex has it can combo from a bite into a spin attack straight away. Oh, that sounds like fun. Yeah, so um, it's going to break people's muscle memories on those monsters. <laughs> yeah. Another new feature is a follower quest. So um, NPCs will come out and hunt with you. Oh, that's cool. So uh, Hinoa and Minoto, the two like girls that they were showing off in Rise, yeah. will come out and hunt with you. Basically the face of the game. Yes, but they're games. only in single player. Right. But for obvious reasons. Yeah. But they will, uh, they can heal you. They'll put down traps. They even ride monsters as well. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So they're basically NPC hunters. I'll then help out those uh, the people that aren't as good. Yes. At the game. Then they and also I think you get exclusive like unlocks and like as not unlocks like exclusive materials in them or something from that or unlocks. Ah, oh, cool. They've also um, brought in... So, you haven't played Rise, have you? No. So, in Rise, is, um, you can swap skills. So, like, you can change your basic X attack or your heavy attack into... Uh, one of the combo attacks into a different thing. So, like, uh, with Lance, you can change the, you know, the basic dash where you poke as you're dashing. Mm-hmm. You can change it to, like, a shield bash dash. Oh, cool. Um, with this... Uh, in the master rank, you can actually make it so you can set two um, types of switch skills and just swap between them. So you can actually oh. combo switching. Interesting. So it basically gives you access to almost the whole move set. That is so cool. I love it when yes. games get like more complex move sets like and that. That's what they've always done with uh, Monster Hunter. The like basically the G rank or master rank stuff is where it gets more complex. And so you've learned all the stuff and then it gets more fun, I guess. And then it also allows you to continue attacking the monster instead of riding it. So you can swap it in the menu. So instead of attack to uh, mount, you can have it as, you know, your shift weapon to mount the person. Like you have to press A and shift your weapon to mount the monster, which, you know, if you just want to attack it, instead of mounting it to you know do other stuff it works out as well so it's it's a lot more controlled in the way you want to do stuff that's cool and one of the i think one of the best parts to it is that you can wall run without wire dashing onto the wall first ah which was a little bit annoying because you had to wire dash up to start running yeah yeah but now you can just start rule running what else is there uh yeah, I think there's even like a whole bunch of re- rebinding on controller stuff you can do. So if you want to, you know, optimize it for how you want to do. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing is there is a pro controller based on Malzino, which is the flagship monster. Right, yeah. It it, it looks like a really good controller. It's it does. like a nice little decal. And it looks really nice. Hmm. That's the only problem I have with the Switch Pro Control old cup versions are it's just it's not a decal, but like it's basically a decal. Yeah, it doesn't change the direct look of the controller. It doesn't change the color. Mm. The color's still the the black like matte color. It'd be nice if they changed that. But that is Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak. Yeah, Sunbreak, which yeah. comes out the thirtieth of June. Uh, it's not super long. 
Yes, and um, they are doing a double pack, so you can get Rise and Sunbreak if you haven't got Rise. Ah, brilliant. Yes, so it's I looked on the eShop, it's $60 for Sunbreak by itself. And I don't know how much it is for the multi-pack, because I haven't seen it. I don't know if it's out up on there yet. I'll I'll look into it, but we'll uh, for the next one. I'll let you take this. All right. So Kirby sixty four, the Crystal Shards, is the next title for the N sixty four expansion pass. Releases on twentieth of May. You know the best Kirby game. Don't at me. It's a good one. I mean, in saying that, Forgotten Lands is really good. It's just like crystal shards whole like i I talked about this on our you know top what was it top 20 uh 64 games we did a while back yes but um yeah crystal shards uh you know copy ability uh mixing mechanic like they've uh they've tried to recreate it like a couple of times in other games but in my opinion it's not as good or unique enough as you know the crystal shards one yes because you can get some weird crazy things like um yeah i remember yeah, yeah, like, saying there's some really <laughs> yeah yeah combos. like uh what what was the uh no the last one was not not yeah not the last Kirby game that came out the, yeah star allies thank you yeah with star allies like you'd mix like electricity and sword and you get an electric sword yes fire and sword fire sword sword. yeah it was kind of boring like that with uh you know crystal shards you can get like electricity and ice and you can turn into a fridge and throw food at people (laughs) you know stuff like that you get cut in stone and you can turn yourself into like a stone uh, <laughs> like yeah no you can turn yourself into like stone statues of your friends and gain their uh, abilities yeah. at like a slower speed though you know stuff like that you can get some really wacky mixes that's pretty good mm. and like there are certain secrets that you could only access by getting a uh, specific uh mix of two abilities huh. in certain areas like that's so like neat. that's yeah it, it is like it's it's that alone, which is why I say Crystal Shards is the best Kirby game. Yeah. Uh, so quick update. So I found the only on Amazon so far, uh, and this is US prices seventy dollars US for the Rise Sunbreak combo, which is probably about a hundred dollars for Australian, I think. Which, to be honest, you're getting a game and a massive expansion to it yeah yeah that's that's decent yeah but yes uh kirby crystal shard uh comes out on the 20th of may so by the time this podcast is out to the public yeah now this is where we're gonna be here for a while yeah yeah who wants to talk about numbers so this is uh we do this every three months nintendo's uh financial years Right, so this is the first one of financial year 2022. So yeah, this is Q one. Yes. Uh, so in between, so I think it actually has. What's this? Is this the comparison of the year? I'm just having a look. Yeah, the uh, the graphs on the site that we have aren't the best. I, 
That being said, I'm dumb and can't read these properly, so... I think... <laughs> so, from memory, financial year 2022 for... Um, so this would have been the quietest financial because it's that Mar that uh, January to March part. Yeah, yeah. So it is. It's usually the quietest part of the year. Yeah, it's the it's the quietest part because you know Christmas just happened, which is like the biggest yes. part of the year. So and sales is, go down a bit. So it is also the final quarter. So that means um, it's now technically financial year twenty twenty three. So this is basically comparing financial year twenty twenty one, which is. 2020 basically compared to 2021 um clearly there is a big downturn in sales of units yeah because no everyone brought all their stuff in 2020 yeah so there's about there was 23 million units of the switch sold 13.56 of that was the switch 5.8 these are millions, obviously, 5.8 million OLED models have been sold. And that's total because they weren't out last year. So yeah, that's a fair chunk of OLED. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. And the Switch Lite is 3.7 million. Software actually increased, though, for a total of 235 million units sold last year which i don't know how much total they've done that that would be coming relatively close to a billion maybe next year mm -hmm. so yeah o overall like system sales down but software sales up which makes sense mm. um brilliant diamond shining pell 14.65 million units impressive yeah, impressive for a but it's Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, impressive for a buggy mess. Bum, yeah. but. Uh Legends Arceus, uh twelve point six four million. Which is Once again, impressive for a buggy mess. But, but, but. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm evil. I'm evil today. I mean it's it's a the concept of the game is pretty good. Yeah. Although you didn't enjoy I've, it, though. I, I, I've i talked about it before. I don't yeah. think the open-world exploration gels well with turn-based combat. Although you're, like... you're not a huge open-world fan, are you? Oh, no, I'm not. But, like, if a game can... You know, like, I've just played, like, a lot of open-world games where, like, they added the open-world and it's always been a detriment. Yeah. Like, so I... far, the only game that I've played in recent years where the open-world actually added to the gameplay was elden ring yeah see i don't like uh, the combat side of it, i'm not a huge fan of in arceus but i prefer i like just the exploring and catching part yeah if they've honestly if they focused more on the exploring and catching part and just did away with the combat that would be i probably would have liked it more yeah yeah make it more of a quote-unquote biology like exploration thing i've always wanted a pokemon game where you focus on pokemon biology and just learn how to take care of them pokemon snap <laughs> but you actually catch the pokemon yeah and you're not on rails like you work as like a professor's aide yeah like you you help take care of the pokemon someone has in their pc yes you which know, would be that very kind of interesting stuff. yeah um mario kart 8 deluxe 9.94 million last year. This game is still selling. 
Yay. Which probably also got that boost because of... Um... Yeah, because of the new tracks. Yeah, because of the new tracks. Please just give us Mario Kart 9. Please. So, in total last year, uh, 39 titles sold a million. 26 of them by Nintendo, 13 by other softwares. Like software to publishers. Yeah, missed mm. the word. Um, so it's the second highest financial year for the Switch. And so, the annual playing users is growing. Which yeah, so like it's sense. still a good year. It just didn't do as well as last year. Which, again... For obvious reasons. Yes. Uh, so we are currently at 102 million annual users. Mm. Which is actually kind of crazy, if you think about it. Yeah, that is ridiculous. Uh, so in 10 weeks 11.4 million for Arceus Kirby 2.1 million in 2 weeks that's a lot yes it is <laughs> so uh, this year was the highest level of software like sales I believe mm. total yeah so it's possibly been growing quite a fair bit. Um, I know Nintendo also said they're expecting a 10% decline in system sales because of... Um, shortages. Shortages. Yeah. Yes. So this is where we go through our big total number roundup. Uh, 107.65 million total Switch units have sold. That's a lot. We just did um, Arceus and Kirby. Sword and Shield is at 2.447. So 24.47. I said that's so bad. You sure did. Yeah. So 24.47 million units for Sword and Shield, followed up by Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl. Uh, the next one, Let's Go Eevee is 14.53, and New Snap is 2.4 million. And. They don't count. Um, this is only international sales for Pokemon Snap because apparently Pokemon Snap numbers in Japan are counted under the Pokemon Company's um, things. Ah, uh, right, right. Yes. That makes sense. And your evergreen numbers. We covered Mario Kart. New Horizons is at 38.64 million. Still selling like over a million, which is decent. Yes, Consider, like, that's, considering that's in the how last long three months out. as well. Yeah, yeah. So these are these are within three months. Yeah, yeah. Right, 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 right. Yes. Yeah, like a million in the last three months, considering how old the game is now. Yep. Uh, Smash Bros is twenty eight point one seven, up from twenty seven point four. Breath of the Wild is still almost a million up at twenty six point five five. Mario Odyssey's struggling a little bit behind in like an increase. It's 23.5 million. Somehow, Super Mario Party still got numbers. Somehow. Despite the fact that we have uh, superstars. Which is better in every way. Yep. Uh, but uh, I'll jump down a little bit because superstars was brought up. Uh, 6.88 million total for the superstars so far. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, that can keep climbing. Uh, Ringford Adventures cracked 14 million. 
yeah, that game continues to do well somehow. Yeah, that is it is genuinely good fitness. It sure is. We say it every time. Just, just if you, you know, want to try a little bit of fitness, it's a good way to start. Mm. It's just doing it consistently. Make sure you do it consistently. Yeah. Don't just watch feed tubers do Ring Fit Adventure. <laughs> uh, so Super Mario 3D World, Bowser's Fury, 9.43. It's cracked 9 million. Just covered Superstars. Skyward Sword is still... like It didn't get a huge amount, but it's 3.91 million. So next quarter, mm. it probably will crack that 4 million. Metroid Dread is 2.9 million, so almost 3 million for Metroid Dread. Mario Golf Super Rush only got 900,000? No, 90,000. Yeah. 90,000, 90, 90, yeah, 90,000. I read that. Yeah, 90,000 yeah. sales, so 2.35 million. It, it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, not much. Uh, Metopia, only 30,000, making it 1.68 million. Yeah, it, it, it's sales for Metopia has really slowed down, which is a shame, but oh well. Yes, but it's still cracked a million. Yeah. Which is it, it, way impressive. Big Brain Academy, yeah. Brain vs. Brain, even 1.59 million. Uh, WarioWare, Get It Together, uh, 1.27, and Game Builder Garage, 1.06 million. Honestly, that is something to get on, like, especially if you've got like 10 year old kids or stuff that is something for them to really get their mm. imagination it's like labo evolved it's like labo cross super mario maker i think That's yeah the way i see yeah. it but that is our numbers section of the podcast this week uh big sales increases big and that's sales, even for the sales. quiet part of the year yeah yeah it's it's generally pretty interesting going through that stuff, honestly. Mm. But next up, we've got Indie Roundup. Uh, hold up, just before we get into that, my tooth is acting up, so give me a minute while Let's I... Put on that gel. Uh, apply the medication. It's going to take me a minute, so... Oral release, everyone. Yeah. If you have tooth pain, get yeah. oral release. <laughs> Alright. I... The annoying thing about this, I have to be super careful not to get it on my tongue or my cheek. Yeah, it's not good when you do that, is it? Doesn't it make it, like, super mm. numb? Uh-huh. Yeah. So how's it going, Alex? <laughs> How are you enjoying it so far? How's uni work going? It's coming up too close to exam time, isn't it? Oh, looks like it's going to be raining tonight. Mm. The thing is, like this stuff, like smells and tastes like uh you know those uh gummy cola bottles 
Oh no. So it is really difficult not to lick. Yeah. <laughs> oh jeez. Yeah, because they they smell taste pretty good. Yeah, because like it's it's mainly like a clove extract. Huh. Interesting. That makes mm. sense because clove is a numbing agent. Mm. Yeah, I believe they use like a clove extract for the uh you know, just a flavour for cola. Yeah. It's like that, orange peels, and a whole bunch of other crap. Ugh, alright. Left side of my tongue is numb, let's go. Now, get back into it, Indie Roundup, <laughs> where we will hey. highlight some of these upcoming titles that you might not know about, or that we think are worthwhile looking. Uh, so, first on the list, uh, Guild of Dungeoneering Ultimate Edition. we have here i was gonna say i'll let you get into it yeah uh, um so instead of controlling the hero you build the dungeon around them using cards drawn from your guild deck you lay down rooms monsters traps and of course loot meanwhile your hero is making their own decisions on where to go and what to fight but will they be strong enough to take on the deepest dungeons in between dungeon runs you manage your guild building new rooms to attract new classes of adventurers and expand your deck of cards Big, bigger and better than ever. All content from Pirate Coves and Ice Cream Headaches are now included in the game for free, which is because it's the Ultimate Edition. Not to mention new classes, new monsters, new quests, and new chests full of loot. You can customize the Dungeoneers and it's improve the game mechanics and a complete rebalance, which make your time spent more fun and enjoyable. I really like the aesthetics of this because it has like a very uh, pen and know, paper. Uh, I was going to say drawn in the back of someone's school book kind of yeah. look, but yeah. Very much a pen and paper tabletop. <laughs> yeah. like It's very cute, too. It kind of also gives me, like, the, like, drawn, like, in the back of someone's school book, and why can't I remember the name of that board game? I had it in my head, and now it's gone. Quack, <laughs> quack. It's like it's it has that very similar like look, but mm. I just can't remember it for the life of me. Boy, I I'll wish Nintendo's website would actually load. Half yeah, I think of these. some of those images just aren't working. Mm, yeah, that's a shame. Oh well, but hey, what what we see it looks good. Again, it it looks more like if you're into that type of you know fantasy tabletop games, it's definitely something to worth looking into. Yeah. But yes, unfortunately, we can't see everything, so we can't quite, you know, give details on all the stuff. Oh, I can... It's stuck in my head. I can't remember it. I'm gonna have to <laughs> this is going to drive you nuts. Uh... Munchkin. Munchkin. Munchkin, that's what it is. Yeah. It, like, the way, you, you know, you equip the, like, like, equipment and all that and weapons. Yeah, yeah. It has that Munchkin feel. There we go. I was like, it starts with an M. Why can't I remember? <laughs> yeah, Munchkin. <laughs> so if you've if you've ever played Munchkin, it kind of has that feel to it. Munchkin cross D and D, I guess, in a way. Yeah. Where you're the dungeon master making the maps, and you're like, oh, guys, you can do it. <laughs> uh, so next up, we have a game called Bad Rider. A comfy and depressing realistic writer's life simulation game. How can something be comfy and depressing? 
depends what for, so from <laughs> what i've looked at the game it depends how you play the game yeah uh so hello my name is emily and i just lost my job so i decided to chase my dream and try to make it as a writer i have the support of my wife cleo and enough savings for a month after that we'll see what happens but i know i can do it i just need to stick with writing and submitting my short stories each day you play emily a struggling writer trying to make it in the big bad world of short story publishing you walk around your house getting ideas and writing stories try not to get too distracted or you will get sad that you hadn't written during the day Get too sad and it's game over. She gives up, gets a new job, doing something far less fun and stressful. So art style wise, it looks like Stardew Valley. Uh, I was about to say, yeah, the environments look just like Stardew Valley. Yes. But it, it looks kind of, it's actually kind of like a neat little base of the, like base, like neat little kind of game premise. Yeah. Where you make the choices of like, you know, should you just sit down and relax for a bit? It's like no, she needs to keep writing. It's like no, no, it's just okay. Let her, let her sit down. But again, this kind of looks interesting. Like, and it's it's a good little. It's only eight dollars twenty five Australian. Hmm. It looks like a little, just like a chill, relaxed game. And to question your own life choices. Yeah. Honestly, I think I'd be worthwhile looking into this game myself, though. Like, it'd be something just fun and it's like you know you can go go hard into you know pushing in that writing stuff or you can go you know let's go be a bit lazy see how each route goes I yeah guess. how lazy can i be <laughs> yes and still make it and then not apply any of the lessons you learn to reality yeah <laughs> and watch that happiness meter decline but that is bad writer there wasn't a lot coming out in the next two weeks but we have Amazing Superhero Squad. You know, when you put this up, I thought this was Marvel's Superhero Squad. I'm like, this can't be indie. <laughs> Man, that was a short... Superhero Squad. Uh, and surprisingly good for a kid show. Mm. But Amazing Superhero Squad is not Superhero Squad. Amazing Superhero Squad, do you think it's easy to solve all the problems of a cursed city and not go insane? Lead a team of superheroes saving Storborg City from looming disasters and beat your dishonorable rivals. Keep your corporation running and don't let the main stats reach zero. Solve the solve cities and your employees' problems. Exciting story, unmask conspiracies within your corporation and edge out your rivals. And build a dream squad, combine heroes with different stats for best efficiency, and please don't get them all killed. It's basically a uh, superhero... Was it? Su yeah, it's superhero management game. Yes, management game. Which, if you're into management games, yeah, it looks like a neat premise. Yes, you are the... Um, uh, what's his head? I don't watch Marvel movies. Nick Fury. Uh, that's it, thank you. You're you Nick, the Fury. Nick Fury. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty apt descriptor, honestly. You're basically Nick Fury. And just managing all these heroes. Yeah. I do like some of these designs. Oh no, like the art is very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like it's very it has a mix between comic book and a bit more of that um like that dark fantasy comic book style. Yeah, yeah. Where it's got like your superhero unit up 
like bright enough, but it's also got that dark yeah, rim, like side. Yeah, something you'd see from like Dark Horse comics. Yes. Yes, but some or some characters are also more bright and peppy. Yeah, yeah. But again, that is amazing superhero squad. If you like your uh, management games and you can deal with a lot of things at once. Mm. That's that's always the downside with these like these management games is if you can't deal with a lot of a lot of things at once, yeah, things just get yeah. out of hand so quickly. But that's the main superhero squad. Get into it. Especially if you like that like dark fantasy style from Dark Horse. Yeah, yeah. And this is our final game. Oh wait, I haven't said what the, what dates these were coming out. So Guild of Dungeoneering Ultimate Edition's nineteenth of the fifth, same with Bad Rider. Uh Amazing Superhero Squad's the twenty fifth of the fifth. And Clan O'Connell and the Crown of the Stag is the 27th of the 5th. Now, this is an interesting game. I thought you might be interested in this as well. So, swap between characters instantly in this hand-drawn Celtic action adventure. Wield the power of three siblings in their Q quest. Wow, this is bad formatting Australian Nintendo site. <laughs> It's like in their queue. Uh, Q, then next line st, yeah. to save the yeah yeah to save their clan in the breathtaking world of Hibernia. Master bow, blade, and fist, and unite as one to save your father from the mother of demons. Clan O'Connell is a handcrafted platformer experience like no other, set in the ancient land of Hibernia, drawn from real life Celtic myths. So there is a very strong Celtic. At like yeah yeah aspect to it and you can see it further in uh, you can, so you can yeah. swap between the characters on a fly instantly combining the powers of the swordmaster the huntress and a brute weaving between them to chain up legendary combos and travel the vast untamed land of hibernaria control the three unique characters with their own weapons travel across the painted world of celtic myth braving deadly swamps and airy mountaintops Wow, they use swap characters a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's mm. a unique <laughs> handcrafted art style. Yeah, you said that. Yeah, already. a compelling of tale, a compelling tale of family honor and sacrifice. Again, told through hand drawn animated cutscenes, <laughs> and an all original soundtrack based on Celtic music. But can you, you can, do, can do, you do tell you what think... their selling points are? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you think there's, you know, multiple characters and, you know, a lot of Celtic stuff? A lot of hand-drawn stuff? <laughs> yeah. I think they just kind of ran out of things to say. So they tried to say the same thing multiple times. But, like, the I, the, the, Celt, like the Celtic stuff looks really in interesting. Yeah, like, the game looks great. It's just this description could have been better. Bit more marketing process. Yeah. But, like... One of the things you fight a Dullahan, which if you don't know is the Headless Horseman. Yeah, yeah. And it has like skulls floating around its head. You've also got like a giant boar, which I'm pretty sure... I can't remember what it is exactly, but I know that is from one of the myths in something. Yeah, yeah. And like you've got to like escape its like rampage. Mm. But again, this just looks really neat. 
I do like that the brute character is just a shirtless dude in a kilt. Called Haggis. Yeah. <laughs> no, Haggish. Haggish. Yes. <laughs> and then you got Kill Cannon. Yeah. And Clackshot. It's the archer. Yep. But but yeah, the uh I, I I really do like this. The uh but yeah, specifically like that brute character. The way he's designed, he looks a lot like a character you'd see in Samurai Jack, actually. This like the Scotsman style. Yeah, well, like I, I mainly like the way that characters with beards are designed in Samurai Jack just looks a lot like this. Yeah. Like especially if they have like screwed up teeth like he does. Oh yeah. <laughs> he's got like um what it's like a square tooth at the bottom of his like pointing up. Yeah. I honestly quite enjoyed like the art style though. It and like the inspiration from the Celtic Mist actually kind of like makes this game unique. Yeah, it looks really cool. I I'll probably check this one out. That's why I said I think you might enjoy this. Yeah. Although it seems to be more Metroidvania. Or maybe it's like maybe not Metroidvania, maybe like Shantae where you go through a level yeah, and then yeah. you fight the boss. But that is our indie roundup. This week we're not doing name that game. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Alex. <laughs> we are doing an off-topic discussion. We are going to be talking about uh video game OSTs. Original soundtracks yeah. if you don't know what an OST is. Yeah, this is my idea. Yes, I also had this idea, but I, I, before I said anything, I was like, hey, Jake, do you have any ideas? He's like, yeah. yeah. I was like, I had this idea. Let's do this one. Mm. I was more thinking composers than soundtracks, but as well. Mm. Soundtracks works as well. Yeah, yeah. It's just sometimes for me, just as apologies about the squeaking, that's my drink bottle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sometimes with me, I will buy a game simply for its OS tier. So I thought, you know, maybe, hey, there might be people out there like me who have not heard of certain OSTs and might, might be like, hey, I might check that out because of how rad that OST sounds. Yes. Which, hmm. let's, let's get it out of the way. <laughs> yeah, we'll get it out of the way. Hey, no straight roads, go buy it. It's a really bloody good game. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> like, just look up the OST of this game. If you, like, have any interest in, like, just even if you don't quite enjoy music, just look up the OST of this game. Yeah. It is insane. And there's like, variations of the songs that, they did, songs that they did for Christmas, and then they did alternate versions for the Steam version. Yeah, for what, the Steam the version. Steam version called again? Uh, Encore Edition. I there believe. we go, Encore Edition. Yeah. So yeah, this this was a game that I got into because one of my uh, one of my mods for my uh, uh, Twitch streams. He is super into uh James Landino, who yes. is uh who has oh, I think he's I can quickly uh, no not Wave Dash, not that game. It was something called something else. Uh, uh, he composed a lot of uh, music for uh 
just a lot of rhythm games and stuff but like he composed a lot of music for like a rhythm game that he likes a lot so like he showed me uh versus sayu yes <laughs> yeah from uh no straight roads i'm like this song slaps so hard are you saying this is a boss fight yeah i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna try this i played the game i loved it and i uh ended up getting the special edition with the final record of yep. the game's ost which funnily enough that's how i got part of switchaboo i uh, entered the competition which was a giveaway of that i won the uh special edition and i because i happened to go to school with alex that's how i got the position it was like hey yeah. do you want to try writing we're looking for new writers i'm like i've done this before let's let's just go again <laughs> and then a few months later alex is like hey do you have any like recommendations for other people who could you know write for us it's like yeah let me contact jake <laughs> so yeah if it wasn't for no straight roads we wouldn't be here making this podcast yep <laughs> trying to see Cy- was it Citus? Citus? uh i he did something uh, he also apparently worked on PUBG mobile yeah, and right. Roblox <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez but yeah uh, I, I think yeah I think Citus is the game he was talking about that that does ring a bell because yeah, yeah he's only put five projects on his like website that he's highlighted mm. and that's one of them but yeah like that that game is fantastic. If if you're someone who loves either rock or EDM or both, it, it is fantastic. Because yeah, the whole the whole game's about like uh, a regime made by like EDM artists, where like EDM is the only music you're allowed to listen to, and it powers the city, but it's not doing well. So a uh, an indie rock duo go and try and overthrow them uh yeah it was it's an interesting story and world premise yeah where it was i think the more people that attend your performances the more power is yeah it it, it's essentially like monsters inc but instead of screams it's music yeah Hmm. (laughs) but yeah like that that game's ost is so good there hasn't been a single day since that game's release where I haven't listened to at least one song from that game. I legit listen to it every day. It's genuinely really good. It is fantastic. <laughs> so now now that we got the obvious one out of the way, what are some uh, game OSTs that you, know, that you really like that strike out to you? Well... Let's get the second obvious one out of the way. Persona. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but which one? I'm guessing like you've only played five, so... Yeah, I, but I, I've had bits and pieces of the other ones, but I... Mm. I like... Because, personally, I enjoy brass in music. Yeah, you're, you're, you're someone who defends Scar. Yes, <laughs> and I still listen to Scar. Yeah um but what was it hang on uh what's it called what's the second battle theme uh the like the generic boss fight no just the standard battle theme uh 
like you know just the random battle theme yeah a yeah. takeover yeah. i really like takeover oh the right right the one from royal yes mm. like i don't know i don't I think because it's like it's got that brassy but like to it and it's like oh I'm, I'm really like this yeah the the way that starts is really good yeah do 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 like just oh it's really good start and that's all you really hear when you do random battles yeah yeah because <laughs> immediately after that the, <laughs> the, the fight's over the fight's over but again, was like rivers in the desert. That that is such a good boss theme. Oh, like the that is doo, such doo. a. It's also oh something God. I think like you quite enjoy like Persona Five because it's very bassy and you. Yeah. You know? Yes. I yeah. As a bass player myself, yes, I love songs that are like with a lot of heavy bass in it which is really good because the composer for the persona series loves bass which isn't good when you try and play it (laughs) i am not good enough to play that music i wish i was but nah it's all it's very slap heavy Uh... not that good yet unfortunately Someone but, who is completely self-taught. But yes, Persona as a franchise has some stellar music. Do you have uh, any any favorite Persona ones? Like your favorite songs? Uh, favorite songs from Persona. Well, a lot of them would be from Five because just just the budget that Five got made them expand on everything so much. But like. For and it me, took them what ten years to release the game. Oh yeah, <laughs> it got delayed by like three years. It was supposed to come out in two thousand fourteen, I believe. Oh yeah, plus came out, like, the t- um the scramble like versions of the songs. Mm. Oh yeah, the remixes for that in scramble. Yeah, but for me, a personal favorite would have to be uh, Mass Destruction, which is the battle theme for Persona Three. Yeah. <laughs> baby, 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 baby. <laughs> God, uh, that which, doesn't get annoying. Which is in Smash Bros. Yeah, it's in Smash. If you you know uh, switch things around, it is it is like a legitimately fantastic song. Because uh, yeah, Persona 3's, uh soundtrack was more rap heavy. Yes. Yeah, and. Uh, uh, focused a lot on uh, uh, the rap artist Lotus Juice, which go check out Lotus Juice. He's actually really good. Then what was uh, four more based on? Uh, four was more. Uh, what I know was the, it? The, like a lot of the themes of four was like appreciate life and stuff. Yeah, yeah, but uh... it was more just rock in general. I think. And then uh, Persona 5 is more jazz. Yeah, specifically acid jazz. Yes. Yeah. So, like, they, they take a theme and just run yeah. with it. Just run with it, yeah. 
but yeah like even the osts in persona one and two which are you know the games that no one talks about because they don't play like three four or five <laughs> like they're they're still really good too yeah it, it's really good music from the the franchise in general mm. it's now, gotten to the point yeah it's gotten to the point where uh you know they're thinking it's like wow people really like the music from persona we should you know start making music like that for the rest of the smt franchise and uh was it they do the live performances yes which i cannot wait for this year's because there's a good chance they're showing off persona 6 isn't that where they announced persona 5 yeah they announced persona 5 scramble uh i believe they also announced 4 there as wasn't well there, maybe wasn't there a a p5r thing i maybe that was royal remember yeah that that would have been royal yeah I, I just remember they do like a lot of just random like small like the p5 letter yeah yeah, and they they announced the dancing games as well. Which, yes, that's right. Which like, games. hey, speaking of OSTs, that Persona games specifically about you know remixed versions of their OSTs, which are really good. Which uh, specifically the uh, Persona Three uh, dancing in Starlight, I think that yes. one is called Starlight Moonlight's Royal Starlight. Yeah, is, yeah, yeah. That one has a remix by my favorite video game composer hideki naganuma ah yes Yes. that is so good (laughs) oh but yeah speaking of uh hideki naganuma uh jet set radio has a fantastic ost sure does (laughs) that is a game i play specifically for the music for its ost because if you've ever played Jet Set Radio before, holy crap, is it janky. It is really difficult to play. Yeah. It would be interesting, was it Bomb Rush Cyberfunk? Yeah. Is yeah. He, he's working on that, isn't he? He's he's working on that. He's doing the OST for that as well. And that's just like, if, if Sega doesn't want to make Jet Set Radio, we're making it instead. <laughs> yep. It's going to be interesting to see how that goes. <laughs> but, oh, God. I, I'll let you finish off uh, Hideki yeah. Naganuma before I do yeah, one thing, yeah. which we should talk about, even though Alex isn't here. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, I, I know where that's going. <laughs> but yeah, Hideki Naganuma has, like, done, like, some really good games, like, you know, Jet Set Radio and all that. He's, uh,. He's also done music for Lethal League. Yes. Uh, what was what was that racing game that I streamed a while ago? Uh, I I think I mentioned it in my first uh, Warp Drive. Warp Drive. Yeah, he also did music for that. That's and then he really also good. has a Twitter. <laughs> He's mm. <laughs> if you want it, if you want. Uh, to follow one of the weirdest Twitter accounts ever, follow Hideki Naganuma. Because uh, he has learned English specifically from his Twitter account. I, I like um, bring up his name is Hideki Naganuma. Nyaganuma. Uh, <laughs> Hideki Nyaganuma. CEO of Funky Fresh Beats. Yep. CEO of big chungus among us he's like he talks like half english half memes because that's 
<laughs> like people always respond to his stuff with memes. So that's how we learn English. <laughs> <laughs> I feel sorry for that man. Yeah. <laughs> Why has he posted some Linus from Stardew Valley? <laughs> I I don't know. He's he's train of thought is and just is all what over the, the place. Uh, what the are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's definitely interesting. Yeah, yeah. But, Grant Kirkhope now. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about this for Alex's sake. Yes, Grant Kirkhope is also a fantastic composer. Oh, yes, he is. He's also <laughs> the first Western artist to do a Smash uh, Mon. Yeah, he sure is. So, if you don't know Grant Kirkhope, he's most known for Banjo-Kazooie. Yeah, he, he does Banjo-Kazooie, uh, obviously Banjo-Tooie. Uh, GoldenEye? Uh, yeah, he did GoldenEye, he did Donkey Kong, the 64. Donkey Kong 64. Perfect Dark. Uh, Conquer? Some, yeah, he, yeah, he did some mobile game as well that was also pretty big. <laughs> Which is apparently, kind of funny. Apparently, he did also music in Shadowlands. Wait, what? He worked in World of Warcraft Shadowlands with one, two, three, four, five other composers. Must have been <laughs> one of the areas they made after I stopped playing <laughs> because is he he's. You can tell when something is composed by Grant Kirkhope. Yeah. He also has special thanks for uh, Crypt of the Necro Dance and Cadence of Hyrule. So obviously he's right. helped them with that. Uh, Ninja Gaiden Zed. Hmm. And the Enchanted Cave 2. This is... What is it? But, but A yeah, like, I, th game I think he called Fart Cat. This Kingdoms okay. of Amalur re Reckoning as well, which that's what that's what I was thinking of. That okay. came, yeah, that got re-released recently as well. Yeah, yeah. Kingdoms of Amalur is a great game, but like very obviously was meant to be an MMO at yes. some point. But like, yeah, if you listen to that soundtrack, it's like this is this is Grant Kirkhope's music, but squeezed through like fantasy setting huh. stuff. It's like. It's like it still has that like the very bounciness. Yes, like it 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 sounds yeah it sounds like a uh, banjo kazooie level, but with like a fantasy game sound font. Yes, <laughs> it's, yes. it's out of place. <laughs> he he as has hell. a bounciness to his like music. Um, yeah. he also was a voice actor. He was the voice of Donkey Kong in Donkey Kong sixty four. Uh, Donkey Kong from 2003 to 2013. I didn't know it was that long. Uh, but I think that's all the rare ones. So he also did Mario Kart Arcade. He was uh, Donkey all Kong. Right. Uh, minions, Minis on the move, so that all the Donkey Kong mini games. Right, right. Um, Donkey Kong Country games. Yeah, so he was the voice for DK and Donkey Kong Country. He was also Mumbo Jumbo and the Jinjos. He, he, he was. Yeah, and, I remember that. And some of the random stuff, like the grave. I think it was a pot or a grave mm. in um, 
Mad Monster Mansion where he says thank you. Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't uh, sound like thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he... <laughs> Uh, I, I remember this from uh, I used to watch Game Grumps back in the day, back when they were good. Yes, but, but, that's that's uh, right. That's yeah. how I found out about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He talked about it. It's like, oh yeah, I was just supposed to say thank you, but with the compression and how I said it, it sounded like saying "f you." Yeah, <laughs> so I had to change it multiple times. Yes, yes. He did. Um, now for myself. I actually quite like um, Yasunori Misuda, Misuda. He's the one behind Chrono Cross, but that's obviously where that. But yeah, that that's yeah, actually of, of, what yeah. and Chrono Trigger. But that actually soundtrack is kind of what dragged me in the first place. Like that opening sequence was like, oh, this is really good. This is kind of gets me like hype because it's kind of he's got a mix of things. Like it's very you know very chill, like peaceful music. But then he can also jump up and. Like make it more yeah, yeah. bouncy and like hype. Like so, his music is one that you can like spot immediately. Yes. Uh, he also well. did Inazuma Eleven, which is the soccer games. Oh really? And yeah. Xenoblade. He's oh, the composer was... behind Xenoblade. That reminds me, I found out a and Final Fantasy Fifteen episode Ignis. Yeah. God, what was it that I saw the other day? A composer that I like uh, uh, composed something that I did not realize that they did. Oh, he did the Smash Bros. I... version of the Me Channel. Oh, in that's the 3DS cool. and Wii U. Oh, I remember who it was. Uh, Yoko, what's her face? Oh, I can't can't remember her full name. Goddamn Yoko... the, com- uh, the composer for Kingdom Hearts. Uh, King. Yoko Shimura. Shimomura. Yeah, yeah, Shimomura. That's it. What was it that I saw that she composed the other day that I'm like, wow, she composed that? Uh, Let's have a look. There is a lot. Like, honestly, it is worth looking into, like, like composers because they they do jump over. She worked on a Mario and Luigi series. And, that's what it was and that's chronicles as well yeah like xenoblade as well and she worked on streets of rage 4 <laughs> oh jeez uh super mario rpg as well back on the snes which we officially haven't got in australia i think oh. maybe it came out on the virtual console but that never came out here radiant historia a game i recently streamed yep uh, Kingdom Hearts three five eight slash two days, which obviously yeah, the dream yeah Mario all the Mario and Luigi games yeah and um Final F- Fantasy fifteen with uh, four other composers oh, Parasite Eve as well yeah Live Alive yeah which is getting a remake which <laughs> Street Fighter two <laughs> she worked on Street Fighter two yo it's like voice actors once you start realizing you're like. Whoa, these people worked on this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, I... I love this. <laughs> yes, video game composers. And this is why I spoke about Koji Kondo. Because he is a significant composer back in, you know, 
that developed a lot of significant like Nintendo songs. Yeah, like some of the most well-known Nintendo themes were made by one dude. And then also, um, what was it? Concerned Ape. Uh, I think he did most of the composing for his own, like for Stardew Valley. And that's got some really like chill songs. Mm. Let's have a look if it actually was him, but I'll make sure. Because I know he did mo- like basically everything for the game, but maybe like outsourced. Yeah, Eric Barone. Yeah, that's his name. Yep. Uh, also, but I think he also took inspiration from um, at least somewhat from uh, Chrono Cross because one of the songs sounds way too similar to one of the songs in. <laughs> I'm like, okay, this sounds way too close to. The- Surely he got inspiration from this. Yeah. oh man but like video game music is once you actually start looking into it they're amazing like so it's made to kind of be in the background but also be like at the forefront depending on what you're doing and if you pay attention to them like some of them are really good oh what was i thinking of that's something that i was just about to look up and i can't remember now I'm going through my stream playlist, just trying to look for, like, what are other composers that I'd like to talk about? <laughs> uh, who composed The World Ends With You? Because they need, like... Oh, yes. A, they need a medal, a pay rise, and a... Takaharu Ishimoto. Right, right. What have they done? Oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's done... Um, there's something that... Like, advertised him recently that he's going to be in. Um, the composer behind Birth by Sleep. Yep. Kingdom Hearts 3 he was um, worked with on. Uh, a lot of Final Fantasy games. Yeah, a lot of Final Fantasy. Mainly Final Fantasy. All-Star Pro Wrestling. <laughs> wow, really? Yep. <laughs> it was the synthesizer programmer on that ah right right but that's basically the composer for those kinds of games isn't it yeah oh yeah a lot front... of final fantasy games from seven onwards yeah the oh, of mana front, last uh, front mission three final fantasy 10 really huh it's worked on a lot of yeah it's mainly mainly like uh kingdom hearts like as a secondary to uh yoko shimamura but yeah final fantasy and stuff yeah i swear apparently you also did crisis core crisis core and before crisis yeah all right i I believe that's the final fantasy 7 movie that no one liked (laughs) I'm trying to work out because I swear I saw something that was like advertising he was going to be working on it, but I can't remember. Apparently, no, not this that was. Combined. No, before Crisis was the mobile game. You know, the the old yeah. Java mobile game. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh my god, there are so many Final Fantasy VII spin offs, it's hard to remember. There is a lot of stuff. I, 
another just game I don't know so much about the composers is that Monster Hunter. Oh yeah, Monster Hunter's soundtrack is fantastic. Yeah. Like damn, I can just listen to those songs like normally. Like oh. Mm. That is just really like Honestly, as much as like annoying as the monster can be, um Basil Geese. Mm. It really kind of gives that um the like a World War Two bomber kind of vibe with the yeah yeah the theme like oh and they just they capture the vibe of the monster with the songs and then in Rise they added um a bit more of a Japanese element to a lot of the things that makes sense yeah. yeah. Like, oh, really good. What else was there? I know there was something else I can think of, but I just can't uh, think I, of it. I, mean, I, I, I got one. You know what game you wouldn't think would have a fantastic soundtrack? Cookie but Bleeder? actually has... It's, <laughs> no, shut up. PD2. Yeah? PD2. Simon Vickland? Holy crap. <laughs> like... His soundtrack for Payday 2 is amazing. Yeah. Like, he he knows so well how to, like, yeah, yeah, he knows so well how to, like, just bring up the energy. It's like, you really feel like, oh, I'm in a shootout with the cops. Let's get the, let's get the money and run, like, kind of feeling. And I'm looking here. Uh, on his uh, Wikipedia, what has he done? He's done some work for like Tom Clancy's stuff, uh, the Bionic Commando remakes, uh, Final Fight Double Impact, Street Fighter Three Third Strike. He 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 worked on Third Strike. Damn, yo! Oh, and Brothers: The Tale of Two Sons as well. Dead by Daylight, <laughs> the streamer game. <laughs> it really is like I, I legit do not know anyone who plays that game that doesn't stream I mean we're, we're, uh, we actually do know someone who plays that game and streams Pine like, yeah, she yeah, is putting like, a they, lot they, they of hours like, into that game yeah <laughs> Like, only streamers play that game. It really feels like it. Yeah. I legit or don't know people anyone. who are friends with streamers. Yeah. I legit don't know anyone who plays that game and doesn't stream. half the time, they become streamers themselves. Yeah. <laughs> Streaming that game. Yeah. But, is there any other composers or games you want to shout out? I am quickly skipping through my stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think because I can't. Yeah. I mean, we've said ooh, Koji Kondo. Ooh, like, idea. a lot of those Mario I, ones are just... Yeah, yeah. I, I have an idea. Is there an OST you don't like? You severely don't like? Oh. Go, go on the opposite end go on the opposite of end. this spectrum. Yeah, that's actually a good idea. Um, hmm. Before we do it, go on to 
not huge for me, but um, Doom, you have to shout out. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Mick Gordon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the fact that it it's dynamic based on how well you're playing. Same with Hades. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Devil May Cry. Yeah. That is also really good. All of these voices inside of my head. <laughs> oh my god. Devil Trigger is such a good song. Bang, bang, bang. Put my Devil Trigger. Uh, I'm just trying to think what some of the bad ones I've heard. Because <laughs> I got one. I got one just from uh, from working at Switchaboo. One of the first games oh, that I ever worked on. You just gave That I just, ever did a oh. review on. Far S Ultra. That game has possibly the worst OST I have ever heard. Oh, what, what is the what what is the song I showed everyone when I was reviewing it? I uh, will be back in a second because I need to look up what this game is that I'm going to be talking about. <laughs> I removed it from my mind, and you just reminded me that I reviewed it. <laughs> God, I'm trying to look up the soundtrack, and I'm getting nothing but like uh samsung phones because of its awful bloody name i can't find it but i know silver gun has done a remix of it to make it sound somewhat listenable now now completely off topic because it is music but it's completely off topic because it's not video games uh sean the sheep and the sheep that has some good music the what sean the sheep oh sean the sheep right <laughs> Because Jace I... was watching uh, Timmy Time. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, there, there is some good music here. Um, I'm trying to find Ooh, what this loud. game was. Schmebity Boo. Schmebity Boo was the game. Schmebity Boo? Oh, and I, I found the name of the track that is so bad. Parad- <laughs> Paradise Beach. Oh god, that is that's so cliche too. So Schmerity Boo is basically like Meat Boy but on a life system. Right, right. Uh the problem with this game is it's a very short like loop of music that repeats <laughs> constantly. Uh, I'm sorry, I there is a single upload on YouTube for Paradise Beach that isn't uh, Silver Gunner trying to actually make it sound good. It has 151 views, and the description is, Please learn music theory. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I gotta post this to the... Oh. God, it's so bad. It is so bad. Oh, that's... That is... Mm, that's apt for that song. <laughs> oh. But yeah, I think that was... Like, outside of, you know, my test review, I think that might have been, you know, like, my first review? This was my if, first if, review, Smebity Boo. Oh, and boy. Where is it? This is yeah. back when we used to do things as music. Like, we do yeah, things separately. Yeah. Uh this is how I wrote it. Unfortunately, the sound design behind this game is not the easiest to listen to. 
This is due to the songs being very short, tuned, on repeat, and each character only having one sound clip that plays whenever the jump button is pressed. Mm. It's it's okay. very tiring hearing that game over and over and over again. Okay, it was my fourth review. This was my I... first one. Um, right. After I did For the King and um, Panda Fate 2. Right, right. Uh, here's what I said about this. <clears throat> Fire's Ultra soundtrack is filled with nothing but five-second loops of very generic electronic music. Sounds like the music was taken from a royalty-free sound library. Now, what exemplifies this further is some of these songs will have vocals in them. In some cases, these vocals sound like they're all added in as an afterthought and don't match the song's melody at all. In other cases, they sound creepily robotic and lifeless. It sounds like it was recorded by Terra the Android from that creepy I Feel Fantastic video on YouTube. Oh Please tell me you have seen that video. I'm pretty sure I have. <laughs> oh, it is so creepy. It is so creepy. Yeah, I'll post it here just in case. No. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure I have seen yeah. this. <laughs> oh. So creepy. Oh, that's... Oh, it's so unsettling. Oh. Yeah, I don't... No. <laughs> no. That is but yeah, very unsettling. Yeah, but yeah, like, li hearing OSTs like that really, really exemplifies, like, the good ones that we've been talking about. It really does. Oh, boy. But, that is, um... I think that's enough to call it. Yep. That's our it's discussion about um, video game OSTs. And with that, we'll wrap up our podcast. Alrighty. So, this has been going on for yeah two hours. Yep. God damn. This has been a long one. Always is with the financials. Yeah, yeah. And whenever then, you're you know, on for just, your introduction. Yeah, that and we just talked about video game music yeah. which is a, a topic i adore yes so uh you can find us on youtube facebook instagram and patreon at switchaboo on twitter at switchaboo news and you can join our discord which is pinned on twitter which apparently the link expired not long ago and uh, got oh, updated fun. Uh, Alex updated it. I was like, "Oh, good. Oh, okay, okay. There we go." Um. Other than that, anything else you'd like to shout out before we go? Um. Your dogs apparently want to. Yeah, shout out to my dogs because they've been trying to get my attention this entire time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so with that, we'll uh, see you next time. See ya.